The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Welcome back, Skull King Nation. This is the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude. And again, we are continuing our series in this episode of analyzing the 2017 uh, NFL draft class and the prospects coming in. And so uh, today we have another interview with one of the uh, NCAA play-by-play announcers. Uh, today we talked to Brent Balbinot, who is the uh, voice of the Toledo Rockets football team. And we, uh, we get into a conversation about uh, running back Kareem Hunt, who has uh, gotten a, a bit of notoriety lately on just how well his workouts have been going. Um, and he has been climbing some of the uh, mock draft charts. And on top of that, uh, with uh, how deep this, uh, this tight end class is, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of guys who could be mid-round, uh, mid-round sleepers. And so we talk about uh, Michael Roberts, who has had a phenomenal season this year with the Toledo Rockets, um, who, you know, given the right situation, could really help out your fantasy football teams if he manages to, uh, if he manages to, to find himself in a, in a decent role. So, Again, uh, let's go ahead and start this conversation, and, uh, and I hope you like it. Okay, Skull King Nation, it's time to uh, continue our, our interview series with NCAA radio play-by-play guys. Um, I'm excited about this next, uh, this next conversation. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, the radio voice of the Toledo Rockets, Mr. Brent Balbinot. Brent, uh, it's uh, nice to have you on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. So again, this is your this is your your fir- this was your first year um, being the radio play by play for for Toledo, correct? Correct. All right. So this, I mean, this is for the most part. You really just got introduced to the couple of players that we're going to be talking to or talking about today. Uh, I had a chance to meet him at Mac Media Days, obviously last uh, late summer or so, and then had the chance, obviously, to to follow them through the course of the season. They just had um, Pro Day here at the University of Toledo uh, on Tuesday as well. So those guys are still working hard. Awesome. All right, well, uh, let's uh, go ahead and get into uh, get into the two players we want to talk about. Let's go ahead and start off um, the guy who who's really uh, looking, watching some of his Pro Day um, and going through some of the running back drills that he's done. Kareem Hunt had a, a phenomenal uh, senior bowl. Um, from what I, from the game tape that I saw, um, give us just a, kind of a maybe a little bit of an overview of the season that he had this year. Uh, well, he's had an interesting roller coaster of a ride. Um, came basically started off um, almost hit the ball out of the park to use a, a baseball term as a freshman. Had to battle through some injuries. 
Um, it came until the last game of the season down at the bowl game in Alabama, but uh, he became the uh, the program's all-time leading rusher. He passed a guy by the name of Washington Tate, uh, who has basically set his name in the record books for the University of Toledo uh, over the past decade or so. He's a different type of runner. He's six foot. 225 pounds. He maybe lost about five pounds over the course of the season to, to just try and keep him a little bit quicker, if you will. Um, but he's the type of guy that, that won't necessarily blow by you in a, in a 40, but that's not the case when he gets into the open field. He, he's the type of runner who I've seen just absolutely truck linebackers in his same size, but then he can also spin out of the pads of a safety that comes up and runs support. So he's an interesting mix as far as power and speed. Yeah, as as you know, I've mentioned in, in a couple of previous interviews talking about players that he, he kind of fits in that category, um, like uh, as as Mike Mayock would say, he's quicker than he is fast. He's got the quick the quick feet to to make the, the cuts uh, when necessary, he's not necessarily gonna to to burn you right off the bat, but he he uh, he has some some deceptive speed to him. Deceptive would probably be yeah, sure. I'd say you could probably go ahead and use that as a terminology. Okay, he's not gonna blow you away again, like I said, if you line up him and, and four other stat type backs and pull the trigger or sound the whistle in a forty. I think he ran a four six at the NFL Combine. That's nothing to sneeze at. But at the same time, everybody talks about that mythical, you know, four-four mark as to whether or not you're going to be a, a great breakaway back. And so many times I've talked to, especially strength and conditioning coaches, there's a difference between sprinters' speed and football speed. Very rarely does a back break a hole, and there's nobody between him and the goal line, and he can kick it into that second gear. As you mentioned, you're going to have to make a cut. You're probably going to have to make more than one in the open field to to try and juke out a a couple of defenders. At the same time, you're probably trying to put out a a stiff arm to keep a linebacker or, again, a a safety or maybe a corner who's coming up and run support off of you at the same time. So very rarely do guys actually start from the handoff, breaking the line of scrimmage, and they're at a dead sprint. So when we talk about football speed versus sprinter speed, I think sometimes people can get lost in the fact that they're two separate things, and football speed is what coaches are looking for. Exactly. Uh, again, looking at looking at some of his game tape, not just from the Senior Bowl, but just kind of some of the game tape from what I've been able to find on on YouTube as, I, as I've been scouting Kareem. He runs. Honestly, he, he reminds me a little bit, you know, being from Seattle, just in sort of his running style, a little bit of a of a Marshawn Lynch type, in the fact that he his 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 base when he runs, his feet run a little bit wide. His feet don't necessarily run right together, making it easy easy to trip him over. He keeps a pretty wide base to keep his balance when he's run. You know when he's um, you know dropping a shoulder into a linebacker when he needs to you know maybe spin off a tackle. He seems to be able to keep his balance very well because of that wide base. Balance is probably the best moniker right there. There were times where I'd seen him maybe on a, basically on a kick out or a stretch play, or maybe even taking with just a swing pass as the safety valve out of the backfield. And he's running full tilt towards the sideline to, to try and break the edge. And from the waist up, you think he's going out of bounds and into one of his teammates. From the waist down, he literally is, is swiveling his hips and moving in a different direction. The next thing you know, the rest of it is, is following suit. And there, I can't count how many times this season 
I looked over at my color man or we talked to our guy on the sideline. I'm like, what just happened there? Because it almost looked three-dimensional. Did, did our lion eyes deceive us? He's just got that rare ability. He's got just tremendous body control. It's not just his footwork or his base, but he literally, at times, I swear, moved in two different directions at once. He's, he's a very nimble back for being that big. Awesome. Kind of, kind of how a, a point guard in basketball will be able to kind of move his hips around it to, to throw off the defender when, when making a move. I love it. Um, yep, that's a good example. One of the one of the uh, the stats I think that really jumps off the charts that has I've seen talked about all over the internet is the fact that he has not lost a single fumble in his career. He's had one, as far as I could tell from the stats I looked at, he's had one fumble, but managed to, his team managed to recover. So he has not lost a fumble in his in his career at Toledo. Correct. Uh, he fumbled the only time in his entire career as an underclassman. Uh, it was a game of Buffalo, and I believe the conditions weren't exactly uh, the best, as you can imagine. And he recovered it himself, from what I was told. I wasn't at that game, but everybody talks about it. He's just, he's got incredibly strong hands, and he's got great technique with the, the way he not only receives the ball, but the way he tucks the thing in. It's, um, it's next to impossible to separate him from the ball, and that's one thing that the NFL scouts uh, at Pro Day, really, really talked about. Well, especially if you consider how many how many uh, running backs in the last couple of years have lost their jobs because of not being able to hold on to the ball. Um, even looking at uh, what was the the running back in in for the Redskins who got basically taken over by uh, an undrafted free agent because he couldn't hold on to the ball, and and so you know just I you know ball security is going to be so huge for for being in the NFL. And again, I'm watching. I've got on on uh, on the my other screen right here, just watching a couple some of his uh, some of his game tape going, just some of his his moves and how he's able to keep that ball secure, right tied up against his body. Um, I think is only going to bode really, really well for him. Um, one more thing. Well, guess, oh, go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say he's not sloppy with it either. There are times where, especially at the pro level, but you see a lot of it, I think, seeping down into the college level too. Guys may be fighting for the extra yard. They get a little loose with the ball. Or I know it's become almost an epidemic of guys getting cocky and just kind of carrying the ball like a loaf of bread. And how many times have we seen it in the past couple of seasons, guys flipping the ball before they even cross the goal line. UT is a blue-collar town. It is a blue-collar program, and I will guarantee you he has been taught the value not only of ball security, but to me that goes beyond that. It, to me, it's respect for the game, and this kid has that. You're, you're not going to see a lot of flash, hear a lot of trash come out of his mouth. He plays the game the right way. Yeah, and like I, like I say, you know, just watch, uh, watching you know, some of his drills at his pro day, that ball, I mean, yeah, he's got his hands wrapped around it, but it is tight to his chest as he's running. Um, and just, you know, yep. you can tell he has been, you know, he has been trained very well on ball security. Um, again, just a couple more, couple more little notes on him. Um, some of the game tape he, uh, you know, while he's you know in that two was it two twenty two twenty five range it looks like. Um, it looked uh, I want to say at the for the NFL Combine they said his stats were well, I want to say two sixteen that he had actually lost a little bit of weight, taken off a little bit of weight. Um, he looks like he, I mean, he's, I've seen him squeeze through some holes that looked like they were non-existent and get through some holes to squeeze through and add some extra yards. Um, he, he looks like, you know, when we talk about him being able to, being able to, to keep his balance, um, again, getting through some holes that 
that uh, I I have not seen people his size get through before. Well, and part of that too is you have to understand the style of play that they play, not just at the University of Toledo, but in the MAC. Um, where I came from, I came from the Big Ten. And I joked with the head coach after my first game, I'm like, hey, mix in a fullback, will you? Take at least 10 seconds off the game clock before you snap the ball. I was used to a lot of the action staying in between the hash marks. Then all of a sudden coming over to the MAC, where you see virtually everybody running the spread, you have to be able to, to multitask. You have to be more valuable, or you can't be pigeonholed, I guess, so to speak, if you're going to run in a single-back style of offense. And Kareem Hunt, interesting that you mentioned 216, because I didn't get weight when I was over there. But and that surprised me that maybe he's dropped about 10 pounds just from the speed aspect of it. This is a kid that could easily put another 10 pounds right back on his frame and really not miss much of a beat. But we've talked about getting him into the open field and, and trying to be able to use football speed versus sprinter speed. At the same time, it wasn't uncommon for him on second or even third and short for him to need to, to display the type of, of talent that a power back would to be able to pick up an extra yard or two to move the chains. I know that doesn't make the highlight reel at six and ten, but it's also very important when you can buy yourself a fresh set of downs, keep the opposition's offense uh, off the field, and give yourself another chance to go ahead and get into scoring position. So it, it wasn't uncommon for him to make great moves or bust behind that great offense offensive line and only have a safety between him and the goal line, it wasn't uncommon in short yarded situations to see him just what we used to call a slam or a common dive play go off the, uh, the hip of his, his big center off of the right or the left side and just lower the shoulder and his level, his pad level was incredible. I don't think that's anything we've talked about yet. He gets low. He keeps those legs driving like pistons, and it was very difficult to bring him down one-on-one. -on -one. Very rarely did we see that. He needed to be gang-tackled. So he's got the dimension to him that he can, if need be, on certain occasions run as a power back as much as a breakaway back. Yeah, he is, he is you know, again, watching the game tape, he is not afraid of contact. And that's, again, being a, being a, a Seattle fan and watching Marshawn Lynch over the last or the past few years, and, he, and, and, and even Thomas Rawls, how he's played the last couple of years, those guys are not afraid of contact, and they won't, they won't try to go out of bounds. They will drop their shoulder and try to get the extra two to three yards, and I've, and I've seen that over and over and over in Kareem's style of play. Yep, I agree with you. I know you keep using Marshawn Lynch. I'm a little bit older than you, Ryan, but I'm thinking of a guy, you mentioned Redskins, and that immediately popped into my head going back to the, the mid to late 80s, a guy by the name of John Riggins. They called him the Diesel. was that type of runner as well, and he reminds me a lot of that style. Yeah. All right. Well, um, just to kind of quickly go over his stats that he had uh, his senior year, uh, 262 rushing attempts, 1,475 rush yards, an average of 5.6 yards per game and 10 touchdowns. Uh, and, and it looks like this last year they really utilized him in the passing game at 41 receptions when he had had, what, a combined, you know, 30-31 uh, before that in his, you know, his first three years. 41 receptions for 403 yards. Um, he, he looks like this last year they really utilized him in the passing game and really showed his versatility. Well, I was going to say, they have, and still do, have several weapons as far as the passing game goes. Again, when you run that spread offense, you better have multiple weapons. Um, when you think about how he got his yards, it's not just the fact that he picked up that type of yards. He averaged more yards per reception than he did per rush at 9.8 yards per catch 
that's almost a first down when you think about it. That's almost a first down with every reception that he had. He's got hands, and when you get him the ball in space, whether it's him breaking through the line on an inside play or kind of like what we talked about, just kind of using him as a safety valve, he learned the craft so to speak. He, he wasn't, I don't want to say he wasn't comfortable, but he needed to get a few things set as far as footwork, as far as vision, as far as being able to, to decide ahead of time how the defense was set up and how he was going to get those yards, and he really, really impressed in that area. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, move on to our next player. We've got, uh, we're, we want to talk about Michael Roberts. I've seen him climbing up uh, some draft boards and just getting a little bit more notoriety. Um, Honestly, when, when I was looking him up, I you know had seen his name mentioned a couple times, so I looked him up on, on, on the combine stuff. 6'4", 270-pound tight end. That is, that is a load to bring down. Uh, I joked with him when I did, uh, and his story, by the way, off the field is just as, if not more impressive than his story on the field. The kid is a worker. Um, when you get a second chance, one of two things happen. You either make the most of it, or you don't change. And this kid has done a tremendous job. But you look at his line, as you just mentioned, 6'5". He told me 272 because he was proud of every pound because he claimed it was good weight. And <laughs> I, I would agree with him. But when you take a look at it, those are left guard numbers. You would think he was an interior lineman if you didn't have a position behind his name. He's got the size of a left guard. He's got the hands of a wide receiver, and he's got the feet of a running back. Quite often you hear the phrase freak used, and I say that in a completely complimentary way, but he just is. He is a freak athlete. We talked about Kareem being a guy that's next to impossible to gang tackle. I guarantee you, corners, safeties, even some linebackers did not want to meet this guy grill to grill in the open field because it was almost always a losing proposition for him. Yeah, and you know, we're talking about you're talking about his athleticism. He actually was at the combine top five in the three cone drill, just quickness of feet and, and changing direction, which uh, again yeah. is a is a testament to who to his uh, athleticism. Um, again, we're going back to his size. Uh, he finished this year with 45 receptions for 533 yards and 16 TDs. One third of all of his receptions were in the end zone for a TD. Yeah. He, he knows how to set up, and this is one thing, again, probably because of his size. When you think of, of guys on the edge who are breakaway, who can just basically blow by a cover man with their speed, he has great speed for his size, but he's not going to be that type of receiver. But the, the amount of time this guy spent in the film room, I had a chance to watch him once, and you could just see him putting stuff in the mental Rolodex as he was preparing for that weekend's game. Okay, this guy tends to, to cross with this foot. Okay, if I can give him this move, if I can extend the stem on a route and get him to commit, I'll cut off here. Uh, you know, the type of guy that can get a defensive back to move his hips, to turn his hips, and then boom, you'd watch him kick it into a second gear. Uh, this guy is susceptible to a double move. He is as mentally sharp as anybody that's going to be entering this draft. It's not just as physical. This guy is, is a student of the game, and he knows how to set up government yeah again you know with what little bit of tape i've been able to to find on michael roberts he see, he also seems to be able to find the open zone in defenses very well he's he's very well at, at prodding and poking and, and trying to find that that little zone 
um, that's opened up in the defense to make sure he can get open uh, and to be an outlet for the quarterback. Well, that's just it, too. He doesn't try to do somebody else's job. And whoever drafts him, I would love to see him go to a team where they have at least one deep threat because he's not the type of kid that will continue to wander down the field. If he finds the, the hole in the backside of his own, he'll fit. I mean, at 6'5", 270, all he has to do is stick his arms up, and you cannot miss him unless you're basically on your way to your backside. He will sit. He does not try and do too much. He'll get yards after the catch no matter where he is on the field. Yeah. Uh, now, since, again, since he's a, since he's a tight end, um, you know, one of the things that a lot of a lot of teams are going to be looking for is his ability to block. And just if we could just get a, a, a just kind of a quick report on on his blocking, not only from being in line, but also you know you know when say he's lined up in the slot, moving in and getting the blocks in there. You know, yeah, he is big, but again, you know, some sometimes blocking is is uh, more about technique. So very much so. And in a day, especially at the college level where you don't hear the term tight end as much anymore, you hear the term flex end, which I get what they're trying to do. But to me, at the end of the day, you still have to be multi-talented to play that position. Um, he can line up wide, but they put him basically down in a three-point stance quite a bit. They'll move him around, too. They'll flip him from side to side. I know he's worked feverishly, not just on pad level, uh, but footwork, especially when you're on the edge and maybe they're sending a speed guy at you. It's not just the tackle that has to be quick on that first step. In that case, it's got to be the end. Yep. And then at the same time, he'll brush block you because he's so big. He can hold for a second or two, release, still give the quarterback plenty of time. And the next thing you know, he's 10 yards down the field with the reception. So he's learned to do it in multiple different ways. They made him here at UT. Yeah, I you know with his size, a little you know a little chip block of someone coming off the uh, off the end, you know he could knock them into the sideline and still you know end up being wide open just because of you know his his mass. Um, yeah, I, I I'm really excited to see where he goes. I think that you know he kind of reminds me you know his size is a little bit different, but just in in how you're describing him, he's uh, he's kind of like a again I compare a lot of people to what I've seen in Seattle kind of a, um, a Luke Wilson in terms of in terms of his catching ability and just being able to to find those zones. Luke Wilson's not going to burn anyone, but he will get the yards after the catch, a tough player um, and, a, and, a, and a good a good blocker as well. So uh, again, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing where both Kareem and Michael go in the draft. Um, I think both of them could could really be could really find themselves in good situations to again as a, as a fantasy football podcast. Um, you know, find themselves in positions that could, you know, produce and be and be very beneficial to uh, to someone's fantasy football team. So, again, well, oh, go ahead. I would say would be sleepers, Ryan, and so especially Michael Roberts. Uh, if he finds himself in the right offensive system, I wouldn't be afraid to make him a, a pick right off the bat. He's got he's got star potential. It would be interesting to see if he could end up in somewhere like uh, somewhere like New Orleans that really likes uh, utilizing that tight end. I know they've got Kobe Fleener there, it's but perfect for him. Yeah. So, yep. all right. Again, I want to thank you. Uh, again, this is uh, this is we have been talking with uh, Brent Balbinot of the the radio voice of the Toledo Rockets. Um, again, I want to thank you, Brent, for uh, giving up a little bit of your time to speak with us and and sharing a little bit about uh, about Kareem and Michael. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Not a problem, and we'll have to. You know, we'll see if uh, you know if there's anyone you've got anyone coming out next year. We uh, we'll have to do this again. 
<laughs> you, you know how to get a hold of me. Feel free. All right. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good talking to you, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. devotion isn't a once a year occasion and once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared you'll still want them to know how much you care dare to give a gift that lasts this valentine's day with our incredible selection of jewelry from delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds jared has hundreds of pieces under 299 dollars and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted